Praise the Lord. Welcome to the God of Wonders radio program. In part one of the message entitled Real Love, we explore the definition of God's love versus the world's love. So the worldly love is selfish. The worldly love is politically correct, but not good necessarily. It is also anti-Christian. Worldly love has no love or room for God. You see that all the time. You see that on the streets. You see that at festivals. You see that at uh, gatherings of families. You see that at parties. You see that at sports events. Even when someone is watching, let's say, the Olympics, they have this love for their country or the love for that particular team or even a particular player on the team. But that love has no basis of self-sacrifice. Therefore, more correctly put, it is nothing more than a selfish, emotional attachment. But the Lord Jesus came to demonstrate, teach, and place in us the love that's from on high. A love that's from above. So the love from the world may be selfish, politically correct, anti-Christian, has no concern for God, only for oneself, one's feelings, how one can get a gain, personal gain, more pleasure. All of this is not God's love. This is human love, worldly love. Now the love of the world and the love of humans may be very friendly. That love can have a smile. That love can have a warm handshake. That love can have a hug. That love adjusts to others' perception of itself. The world's love wants to get along and be accepted, but not necessarily seek the best interest of the other person. The world's love is based on self-gain. And even the world's love, or human love, can be based on fear. Now that's a curious thing. How can love be based on fear? But the world's love, human love, can be based on fear. For example, when one sees a neighbor that one does not necessarily like, they smile and greet them. Sure, it's a good thing to do, but what's behind the motive for that? It may very well be, the same thing in the workplace, when you see colleagues or the boss, the smile or the handshake, the greeting, the salute, they can all be based on the fear element. That is, if I don't do this, I may have negative repercussions. So that's not love. That nice gesture that seems to have some affection doesn't have true love at the base. So God's love is none of these things. The Lord's love is first of all directed toward Him because that love understands that every good thing comes from above, from God Himself. The love that comes from God is also emotional. It's also very passionate, similar to the world's love. Just as you see someone at a stadium cheering their favorite team with all the passion, or in a political campaign for a particular party or a candidate with all the passion or in a particular union 
in the workplace with all the passion. God's love is also very passionate. The difference is the placement of that love and the motive of that love. Where does that love spring from? What is the interest of that love? And where is it actually placed? The world's love cares more about man more than God. Now notice the different descriptions of the world or human love. It can be strong, it can be emotional, it can be passionate, but it is, at the end, nothing at all. Because there's no self-sacrifice, there's no actual concern for the best interest of the other individual, there is no principle by which that love stands and does not move, it's very flexible. That love in the world can be motivated by fear. That love in the world is motivated by a love for man or people more than God himself. The Lord Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 10 verse 37 and we ought to check ourselves as the Lord gives us this word to see whether our love is unpolluted, whether it is undivided, whether it is the pure love of Jesus Christ. Because there's a vast difference as we are seeing right now between the world's love and God's love. Human love, as we said, will go toward man and not God. Matthew 10, 37, the Lord Jesus said this, Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now there is a verse that is quite controversial to many people deep in their hearts. Even though they read these things, within their heart, they haven't come to a conclusion that I will stand on God's word and love Him first and foremost. When they have the confusion about the doctrine of love, the biblical doctrine, and the practical application, the confusion sets in their lives. When the confusion comes in, all kinds of compromise and sin continues to grow within not only the person, but the people upon whom this person places his or her love. It's inevitable. Because God's love is not there, at the very end, and ultimately, only death can result. What do we mean? You're familiar with a very uh, oft-quoted scripture, the book of Romans, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. That is, everything that we do that is not pleasing to God when we serve sin, the result is death. It has to be. Similarly, human love ultimately will bring sorrow. This is something that we need to settle in our minds. Only then will we, will we be able to stand for the truth of God about His love and hold fast to His words and be an agent in His hands to bring others to the love of God. You see, as long as we're uh, entranced and held fixated by the human love and all the niceties, the nice things about the conversation, about relationships, 
we will never be able to draw people to God's love. We may have a get-together with the family, we may have a party, everyone is happy, but there's no divine joy. Everyone seems to hug each other, they seem to shake, uh, seem to shake hands, they even exchange gifts. But without God's love, that human love will one day come to nothing. That is the stark and harsh reality for those who refuse to receive God's love. So as a Christian, we receive God's love when we commit to Him and we accept that He died on the cross for us. We leave sins. But as we look closer, when the will is not in line with God's divine love, the real love, our life will not be a shining testimony. We will never be able to draw people to Jesus. We need to love God first. So God's love is not the description that fit the world or human love then what is God's love? If the Christian who leans toward human love, by and by, begins to separate from that straight and narrow path, and brings in compromise, then what does the Christian who embraces God's love look like? That person will put God first. The honor of the Lord comes first. We just read in Matthew 10.37, the Lord Jesus himself says, when you have a decision to make, whether to obey me or obey father or mother, when it's, a, it's contrary to my word, whether to love son or daughter, when it's contrary to my uh, will. For example, God may ask us to send the child, son or daughter, when they're uh, of the right age, on a particular uh, task for God. Perhaps it's the mission field. Maybe the Lord will ask us, will you surrender your child for the gospel's sake? That is, I want to use him. God comes to us in a very gentle way and says, will you yield him to my life? Human love will jump and say no. Human love will say, how can I bear to see the suffering of that child? All the things that the child must undergo. But God's love says, the same Lord who went to the cross is also the Lord of the resurrection. The Lord will never leave His children without His blessing and His promises. He'll always provide and He'll always give ultimate victory. That faith in God, the belief that the divine love is always the right love, will help me to overcome the natural human love. We remember Peter before the Lord was taken away to be executed. Peter said, Lord, they're not going to do this to you. They will not take you away. I will not let it happen. Far be it from you that this should happen. He took the Lord aside and he very forcefully spoke that to the Lord with passion. See the passion, human passion. This is what I can see is best. As far as I can see, this is the best thing. But we must remember, God is God, and He sees everything. And His will is always perfect, and He's the greatest lover in the whole universe. He gave His one and only Son. We can trust Him. When the Lord came along and said, I have to go to the cross, and the human love from Peter came and tried to block or stop that, what did the Lord say? He said, Get thee behind me, Satan. For you do not care or savor the things that be of God, but that which is of man. 
there is a clear-cut example of human love. Peter really loved Jesus. But the only problem was he didn't know the difference between God's love and human love at that point. He forgot the scriptures. He forgot God's will. And there is the crux of the matter. When we are familiar with the Lord, we spend time with the Lord, we learn about His ways, we begin to trust Him and trust His will, even when we don't understand. That love for God, the love for the glory of God, will prevent me from having human love, love for man, love for this world and this life, which will block God's purpose in my life. So that's God's kind of love. It will love God first. Secondly, God's kind of love will move me and you to love others, not based on what we can get in return. Even in the churches, we may have behaved that way. We may have seen others very uh, obviously behave that way. That the move that they make, the things that they say, the actions that they do, they're all designed to get some kind of leverage, perhaps in the church, perhaps to get a position, perhaps to uh, uh, gravitate toward those who are physically richer, materially richer in the church. The Lord warns against all these things. He says in the book of James, don't do that, don't be partial. But this is the human love. God's love, the Christian that embraces God's love, will say, I care nothing for those things. Whether this person can pay me back or not, in any shape, way or form, I will choose to give my best to them and for them. I will genuinely seek their best interest. That is true benevolence. The love that seeks the good of another soul, never minding or concerned with whether they even receive a thank you. That's God's love. Please email us. Contact at elbim.org Or write us. L. Bethel International Ministries, P.O. Box 966, Goshen, New York, 10924. Or visit us on the web, www.elbim.org. Join us for part two of Real Love next time. May God richly bless you. You're the God of wonders. You're the God Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us for part two of Real Love by Pradeep Stephen on the God of Wonders radio program. Let's listen. Imagine if the Lord's condition for coming down and dying for our souls and doing anything for us was based on whether we'll be thankful or not. Imagine those ten that were healed of the leprosy. If the Lord would have stopped having the foreknowledge that only one would come back and nine would not give him thanks. He had the choice to say, I won't do this for them. But did the Lord do that? No, He did not. He loved freely. Freely we have received, freely we give. So whatever we dispense of our time, of our talents, of our treasure, for the good of other people, the Lord Jesus is pleased with that. That love will actually show the world that it is divine in nature. That it does not look for self-gain. There's no political correctness about it. It holds fast to the principle of self-sacrifice. That is the marked difference of the love of the world and human love, God's love.
self-sacrifice, seeking God's honor first. So the love that comes from above is just like the Lord himself. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, the apostle speaking by the Holy Spirit says this, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Love once more is defined here. That the same way the Lord Jesus thought about me and you and the whole world and because he had that affection for people that they may prosper, they may be set free from damnation and condemnation and misery. The Lord cared and he didn't think about his own position. The Lord left all that glory as you know came down straight to the womb of Mary he was born as a human being, the God-man, and from Bethlehem and then to Galilee, throughout Jerusalem, all of Judea, everywhere he went and preached, even to Samaria for the woman at the well. All his sacrificial love. No self-interest. We have to check ourselves tonight and every day to say, Lord, do I have your love? The love that says, I can make a gain out of acting this way or saying this or giving this, but I choose not to consider that at all. I want to do this because I want to give for the good of that person or those people. That's God's kind of love. So the Lord describes His love as a sacrifice to God on our behalf. Love that is from God must be sacrificial. The love of God is love for God first. Divine love is love for the honor of the Almighty above honor for man, which includes, according to Matthew 10, 37, even one's parents and children. Now we're not preaching rebellion. We're not preaching disobedience. We're preaching the truth of God's word that when the human affection comes in the way of God's will for my life, when God has clearly told me and shown me from his word, from his Holy Spirit, also sometimes confirmation signs that whereas I love my family when it comes to God's will and to pleasing God I must show the love for God above that love. Otherwise the Lord doesn't just say simply you're not going to accomplish what I want you to accomplish. That's not all. He says you're not worthy of me. That's the point at which the love for God and the love for man even if it's family, come to a head. The Lord clearly told us beforehand that we must be prepared for those kind of challenges and side with the Lord. And you know what happens when we side with the Lord? Though we still have affection for the people and the family, though we still pray for them and seek their best, 
Because we seek their best, we obey God and love Him more, the Lord Himself will do supernatural things on the other side. He Himself will intervene because we're walking in obedience with Him, to Him. We're walking in fellowship with Him by loving Him first. God will take care of them. God knows what to do. God knows who is going to respond to His love. God knows what every person needs. God knows the things that the family may be deprived of when I do God's will. You see, there are many cases where the Lord calls someone. If you recall the prophet Elisha, he was plowing with the oxen. If you recall Peter, the disciples, James, John, they left their family. They left the father in the boat. They left the livelihood. All other human affection based on human wisdom and so-called practical wisdom actually is the most impractical thing. It was, it was when they left that, when the divine love and human love came to a head, that their lives were forever transformed. It's when they obeyed God's call, loving Him first, that they proved that they were worthy of Him, exactly as the scripture says. That's when the Lord began to teach them. That's when He gave them the Holy Spirit. That's when He made them, as it was said by their enemies, to turn the world upside down. Actually, they turned it right side up. But they only were able to do that when they loved God first. So that's what it means to put God first. Let's check ourselves, even tonight, because we are in the flesh, because the natural gravity of our flesh is to pull us downward and to begin to side with human love and human wisdom, we have to be on guard. The Lord says through uh, Paul to warn us, take heed to thyself and thy doctrine. Take heed lest you think you stand so that you don't fall. So it's good for us to examine, Lord, do I love you as I ought? Lord, do I love my neighbor as I ought? Do I seek the best interest of the neighbor? Lord, let me never mix up or wrongly prioritize real love. Real love is God first, then comes family, friends, all of men. God first. God's love is loving Him. Now, we want to just concentrate for a few moments on loving God first means loving His Word. Loving His Word means loving all of the doctrines, all of the truth that God gave. It is impossible and absolutely irrational to think that one can love God and not love His truth. Out of that, we know that loving His truth means keeping His commandments, but also defending the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. If I love God, I will love His Word. There is no separation. It is impossible to love one or the other, for one and both are the same. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Revelation, the Lord Jesus coming down, leading heaven's armies, the saints, clothed in white, had written on his thigh, the Word of God. 
We cannot separate the Word of God from God because God and His Word are one. He said, I have magnified my Word above all my name. So if I love God, I must love His Word. Loving God's Word means I hold fast to the doctrines. I don't let them go. You see, the danger is many people, they do good works helping people, even in the name of God. And they have affection for God and people, which is wonderful. That's how we should be. But somewhere along the line, they have understood that I don't need to be too concerned with the doctrine. I can do the good works, the charity, help the poor people. I can pray, I can read the Bible, I can go to church, I can support the ministry. I can do all those things. But the Word of God is not such a big deal. To hold fast to the doctrines is not necessary. That is a mistake. Because of that, guaranteed, that love which they began with will begin to dilute and be polluted. They'll actually end up like a ship that started out in one direction. Slowly by degrees, the rudder moves this way and it ends up in a totally different direction. The love of God and the truth of God go hand in hand. It is the truth of God and the love of God that turns people away from sin. You see how the two cannot be divorced. The truth of God and the love of God turn people away from sin. When God said, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I gave my blood to wash you from your sins. I have sanctified you. I have set you apart as my own peculiar treasure. That in the ages to come I may pour upon you, according to Ephesians 1, the treasures, the exceeding great benefits. That's God's design. Such an awesome design, awesome plan that He will fulfill for everyone that loves Him. When God says that, He also says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It is the truth that will make you free. The love comes in. It melts away all of our antagonism against God. It begins to change us. But the truth is right along with the love. No such thing as the love of God without the truth of God. Otherwise, we can all get together with different religions, all of the false gods, and have that worldly love without truth and all end up in hell. God's love shows us that He came down and gave His life for us. But He spoke many things and He has written many things. The 66 books of the Bible, 39 in the Old as you know, 27 in the New, all together were given for a purpose. It was not for the pastors or the preachers or the apostles or the prophets only. It was for every single believer. Because the Word of God is given to all of us so that the truth may set us free. Set us free from what? Human love. Human love that is devoid of the divine touch. Human love that will keep us confused, never standing on the truth. But when we have divine love grounded in divine truth, mercy and truth have met. And we're able to walk this straight and narrow path not giving in to our human emotions, but the will being directed, the Holy Spirit directing a heart that is surrendered to Him, 
to accomplish the will of God in our lives, bring many souls to Him also. That is well pleasing to God. So the love of God has the truth of God. If I say I love God, I must love His truth. Father in heaven, I pray that you would burn this truth of your love into the hearts of the listeners, that many may repent of their sins and come to full fellowship with you through the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, and in the fellowship of your Holy Spirit. We ask these things, O Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear friends, please write us, contact at elbim.org, and regular address, El Bethel International Ministries, P.O. Box 966, Goshen, New York, 10924, and visit us on the web at www.elbim.org. Until next time for part three of Real Love, may the Lord richly bless you. Goodbye.